What's up, everyone, and welcome to episode 96 of Frame Skip, your weekly, sometimes bi-weekly video game podcast. I am Austin Eller, and I'm joined by Seth, the teenage mutant himself, Slakehouse. How's it going, Seth? What's up, buddy? I'm doing pretty good. I've had a really terrible week. Okay. Dude, you, like, here, so <laughs> I wasn't sure how to respond to that. Okay. You're just so casual about a, like a, a horrible thing. Like I don't really know what to do right now either. <laughs> I like, like, because it's true. I'm in, I'm in a great mood today. I'm in really good spirits. But good, good. earlier, I guess late last week, me and Caitlin were like, you know what? It's it's time. Let's start looking for a house. So. Um, there was the whole plan to buy a house this year, and I didn't know. I, I knew people were like, stressed out about it. I didn't know how much of an absolutely miserable process buying a house was. Like, I wanted to kill myself all weekend long, like talking to my real estate agent, and it's terrible, dude. We looked at a house within six hours of it being listed, and that night it had ten offers on it. And wow. I was like, "Well, all right." <laughs> we so like, and they, and they listed the house at one hundred and thirty nine. And, or not, they listed the house as 169. It was estimated at 139. So they were already asking 30,000 above, you know, estimated price. And I offered them another 15. And they came back and said, like, my offer probably wasn't even going to get countered. And I was like, okay, well, I'm done. Wow. That's what sucks, man. So, like, that sounds as brutal as when I was, like, looking for apartments in San Francisco, which is, like, one of the most, like, I, I can't even think of the word like one of the most painful processes ever. And like we got really lucky with our house. Um, it was like owned by a local family. And uh, I grew up here and just like told him like, oh, yeah, like I, you know, lived in California the last like 10 years. Basically, I just kind of want to move home, be closer to family. And that was the only reason they accepted our offer. Like they got another offer above asking, but it was like from people like from people from New York. And I think they thought either like they're not locals or they're just going to gut this place and then Airbnb it because like we live really close to like National Park. And it's like you make so much money doing that. But like they wanted like an actual family to be here. So like a big part of the house buying process from everyone I've talked to, especially around here, is just finding like cool people who like, oh, like you're just young and like you want to start a family or like you just want more space. You want to like not be an apartment. Like, you know, it's, it's like stuff like that that will get you a house. Which is so annoying. Yeah. It's just like depending on the generosity of other people to like actively leave money on the table, you know, yeah. which is just a big ask in a, in this economy right now. Yeah. So I think I talked to my dad earlier, which it was pretty sweet because I floated the idea past him. I'm like, well, what if next year I just bought a lot of land and we built a house? And he's like, oh, I'll build a house for you. And I was like, okay, done. <laughs> That's nice. simple. Yeah. Yeah. So, Speaking of dad, people that own houses, you heard his voice, George. Oh yeah, the house owner oh, himself, yeah. Loftus. How are you? I'm here, HOA, the baby. house owner. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, man, build a house, get a basement. Also, waterproof your basement oh, yeah. b- before it's built. Oh yeah, yeah. It's gonna not recommend that enough. Turn it. Are you gonna get like a little karate ring down in the basement? You gonna get back I into could. your back into your fighting shape? I could theoretically have anything I wanted. You would technically, if it's in your basement, you would have an underground fighting ring. Yes, I would. (laughs) So, yeah. (laughs) That's such a cute, dumb joke. (laughs) Those tournaments. (laughs) The cell games. You can host them in your basement. (laughs) In a basement cell. You guys remember when we used to host E3 in Elijah's basement? 
Yeah. Yes. Yes. That was a great time. That, <laughs> that was, was a great time. I miss those days. Classic time. Yes, I too miss E3, the thing that no longer exists. <laughs> I, I, I miss have a, having everyone there, Seth freaking out about Spider-Man, me freaking out about Resident Evil 7, and then just not everyone else not liking the best pizza in the world. I like Red it. Baron. I like Red it. Baron pizza. I remember it? liking it. I, I remember Seth going, it's fine. I, I mean, it could have been, been worse. Could have had Little Caesars. I went Domino's to AMC stuff. for PlayStation 2017, Ooh. 2016. I did that. So I, went to a, I went to a movie theater and that was like yeah. the, the God of War reveal, I think. Oh, that was a, that was a good year for it. It was a good year for it, but like it was basically like, hey, do you want to come to this free movie screening? Get a PlayStation Cup, which will hold every pen you've ever owned in your entire life, <laughs> and also get like a ten dollar PSN gift card. I'm like, yeah, and and it's right next to my favorite bar and an Ike sandwich plate. Like, yeah, I'm in. Yeah, let's do this. That sounds awesome. I think I did that in 2014 when uh, I remember it was when they announced No Man's Sky. But I can't remember what. I think that was 2014, if I'm remembering correctly. To be real honest with you, I smoked a lot of plants that day and just laid in my yeah. bed and watched that and nothing has blown my mind like that e3 reveal and i never Dude, played the I game go... i bought it never played it still shrink i want to play it supposedly it's it's really been upgraded but i i haven't played it still i played it last year and it's fine okay. there's still no goal you're just still just walking around empty desolate planets destroying things and it's like sensory minecraft hey baby it's, it's the journey not the destination yeah, because Speaking I heard of... about what the destination is, and uh, apparently nobody liked the original destination. Yeah. Yeah, it's the center of the galaxy, right? That was like the whole... Yeah, it literally spit you back out at the beginning of the game. Oh, that sucks. That's not great. You guys remember... Uh, what's his name? Peter Molyneux had a game in like 2012. Like he had that studio, 22 cans or whatever. Yeah. And he had that one game where it's like a giant orb made of like 16 billion different like voxels. Yes. And you had to like just chip away at it. Like it, it, you're just touching your screen to to clear spaces. And there was a secret at the center that only one person would get to access. And the secret was like, you can share it or you can just keep it to yourself. And like that was the entire point of the game. That's you guys so remember ridiculous. that? I do yes. remember that. I did not know that. Peter Molyneux is such like a pretentious dude. And it's oh, yeah. he annoyed me so much, dude, because he was like the brainchild behind fable right but he ran that series into the ground i think he's awesome i think you need to have like a big dreamer like that right like that's like the the rob mickelhenny character right on whatever that show is on apple tv mythic right, the, yes thank you he's like that he's like steve jobs right Where like steve jobs is an about engineering but he would like take the iphone and like put it into a cup of water and like wait for air bubbles to come out and he's just like see there's still space in there you know like like that's like Peter Molyneux's thing. It's like we're gonna plant a tree, and the player's gonna go, and the tree's gonna keep growing. It's like, all right, I guess, yeah, sure, but why? He's like, because it's never been done before. It's like, I get, I guess, yeah, okay, yeah, go go for it, dream big, you little little man. Speaking of dreaming big, we're also joined by Mister Dollar Bills himself, <laughs> Elijah Steele. Six hundred of them, in fact, only six hundred. Well. Actually, almost four or almost seven hundred and one, because it's okay. like six eighty something. Yeah. Uh, but it's going well. How are how are you on this fine fine Monday evening? Well, I'm good. You know, knowing now that you could 
go to to any candy store and buy the store any any chocolate bar that you could ever dream of. God I mean, forbid I, I walk into a place with penny candy. Cool. <laughs> clear in that entire store now. You're screwed, man. Inflation <laughs> hit penny candy pretty hard in 08. They're not a penny anymore. Yeah, like the the so housing sad. crisis made it Four like pennies. five cents each. Yeah. <laughs> Which, like, I guess that's five penny candy, but it's also like oh, or or a nickel or nickel candy. I think is. What but do? I it doesn't hit right. No, it really doesn't. Nickel. Candy I want to spend any right. of that money right now because in two days it's time to go to Pax East. Are oh, you man. so you're going with your friend Nick? Are you going with anyone else? No, just us two. Okay. What are you looking forward to? I'm sure there are panels um, and stuff that you've already got planned so out. So there's some really interesting looking panels. There's one about Elden Ring. It's uh, apparently this, I don't know if it's a podcast or whatever, but a group that, like at every PAX, they do something from soft related. Uh, there's another one about stre- like streamers and dealing with anxiety and imposter syndrome but also there's just so many neat booths that are going to be there there's one that literally just says horse and we nobody still knows what it is it's just it's it, horse it, it just says horse <laughs> i i don't know i really honestly really really hope that you go there and there's literally just like a horse there I, and like a little fence and he's just there i completely forgot i wanted to get <laughs> one of those like plastic horses just in case there isn't, and just put a horse there. That's a but, fantastic idea. But the uh, the other big thing is there are two voice actresses there I re- really want to meet. One is Nicole Tompkins, who does the voice of Jill in Resident Evil 3 Remake. And she also does Daniela and Elena in Resident Evil Village. And the other one is Kira Buckland, who does the voice of 2B in the Nier games. You going to bring those games, get them to sign them? I absolutely am. Cool. Actually, for Kira, I'm going to bring uh, River City Girls because she does the voice of I want to say it's Kyoko. Very cool. Nice. Hey, this is this is a nice time of year, though. This is kind of like the anniversary of the first time we ever met. It's true. Not yeah, awesome. Yeah. I don't know. What, I don't know what Austin yeah. was doing. He was a, a minor smuggled across state lines by you guys. I'm yeah. amazed he didn't get arrested, yeah. but <laughs> next next year it'll be 10 years, right? Or was it 2014? <sighs> Nine, nine 2014 was the one I went to. Yeah. Yeah. 2014 was the one where we all went. I remember that was the first time I ever thought I was going to get scammed because I definitely bought my passes off of Reddit. Like I met <laughs> up with someone. <laughs> I met up with someone who was like some college student because like that place was kind of like near like Northeastern. And yeah. so I, I like went and I was just like, oh, yeah, these look like real passes. I had no idea what the real passes looked like, but they just like looked legitimate enough. And like I worked in like, press related things where i'm like okay yeah this guy doesn't seem like he has the technical skills to <laughs> to fake this that's what he wanted you to think yeah actually some genius with a like cutting machine well i smoked a little bit of pot back then that guy looked like he was made out of pot back then so like that's why <laughs> i like really didn't think he had the technical skills to to out photoshop me yeah that's valid also, uh, we might end up going to an after party this year, which I've never done before. What? Hmm. I went to a New York Comic Con after party in 2018, 2017, and it was absolutely bonkers. It was this uh, bowling alley with four bowling alleys in downtown Manhattan, I want to say, on like the third floor. It had two bars, and 
it was just a whole ton of like cosplayers and dudes hitting on those cosplayers getting drunk and people like because you you got to play all the arcade games for free because there was like a twenty dollar cover charge or some something nonsense like that and the beers were like fifteen dollars a piece it was crazy it was like the prices were insane but it was like a blast you know buddy robert went there i think it was the um sonic boombox after party if i remember correctly and um i definitely tried to pick up a who's the angel girl from overwatch mercy, mercy. Mercy. I tried to pick up a Mercy cosplayer and then I tried to pick up a um like symbiote Spider-Man cosplayer girl. And obviously neither of them worked because I later found out that they were paid to be there. So <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that took a very sharp turn. That was not what I was expecting. Yeah, well, because they pay these like <laughs> these like hot cosplayers to come and like you know attract more people to to the party to make money. So I, I don't know. It is what it is. <laughs> oh, apparently this is thrown by like Acer's Predator gaming brand. And like if you saw these girls, like like they were so far out of my league, like, it's not even funny. But when you get Seth drunk, like he does something really, really stupid things. Like Irrational the, the one, confidence, yeah, yeah. Like the one girl is literally, uh, her name's Hendo. That's like Hendo art or whatever on on Instagram. She has like four hundred thousand followers. <laughs> Would have been four hundred thousand and one, but uh, yeah, yeah, dice just didn't roll. <laughs> yeah, dice just didn't roll, dude. <laughs> uh, do I have time to tell my after party stories? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I, got, I got two after party stories. I went to E3 in 2013 and I was like writing for a website and I didn't get a pass. And then a whole bunch of people got passes, but they had nowhere to stay. So I just like offered up my apartment. And because everyone was traveling that day, that was a night of Sony's press conference. I was like crushing it that night. Like I was doing every single news article for like the, the Sony press conference. So I published like 12 articles in like an hour about like everything announced. And so because of that, I was able to get like a, a pass to E3 that year. And so I go and then like first night, this is like where I met Fabio, by the way, Fabio was like one of the people who like didn't have a place to stay. And so I ended up meeting like one of my best friends. I'm like, you know, groomsman, if not best man at my wedding kind of deal. And uh, <laughs> went to like a rooftop after party that was like hosted by IGN and some indie game publisher. I can't remember the name of it. But I had just interviewed for a job at IGN and it went so horribly bad. Like I was so nervous. I was such a wreck. I had no experience, but like, you know, I was able to get in somehow. And it got to the point where like I was meeting all these people. And uh, I was introducing myself. They're like, George, oh, I heard about your interview. I am so sorry. Like, it was like, oh, cool. Like, I already became (laughs) like a cautionary tale around the office. That really bummed me out. But then the next night, like, I went back to E3. That was like the Friday it started. And then, like, you know, party until like two o'clock in the morning, whatever. Then went back the next day. And then the cheapest beer in my neighborhood was at this place called Jumbo's Clown Room. And I'm not joking when I say, like, it was the only place to get a $5 beer within eight blocks of me, 10 blocks of me. Yeah, sounds about right. So Fabi and I went there and we recognized two people from E3 that were working like the Konami booth. And Jumbo's Clown Room is a great bar. It's also a burlesque bar where there are like literally like dancers, like theme dancers dressing all the time to music. It's not like a strip club because like they always remain clothed, but they just do, you know, sexy time dances, whatever. And it was kind of, it was surprisingly dead for like a Saturday. Uh, And so we went there 
and just like got some beers and we like saw these two dudes that we recognized from the Konami booth. And we're like, Oh, Hey, like E3, like we just came back from E3 and they were like, cool, man. Like we're off the clock now. Like we kind of just don't want to talk about, it. we're just trying to get a beer. And we're like, Oh shoot. Sorry, man. Sorry. Like it was our first E3. We we're just really excited. And then as soon as we said that it was our first E3, they're like, it's your first E3. Why didn't you say so? And then they got us all like three rounds of shots and we just started like knocking them back. And just like talking about everything, it's just like, oh man, I remember my first E three. Like that was what like got them back in the mood to like be excited. And uh, yeah, it was really fun. It was really nice. And then you know, just seeing people dance like hot for teacher, or whatever, <laughs> at, <laughs> at a burlesque bar called Jumbo's Clown Room. Huh. God, we That's sound like awesome. old men reminiscing on our younger days. <laughs> I mean, it was oh, like ten years. Yeah, it was, uh, don't it say that. 10, ten years ago. So yeah, it was our our younger days. In my mind, I'm still twenty three. Oh, and dude, like, me too. It sucks because like, I'm 31, almost 32. Sucks. We all met eight years ago. Well, you know, Elijah, me and you met literally 13 years ago or something like that. Well, I mean, like at PAX, we all like <laughs> met at PAX. Elijah, more like a liar. Am I right? <laughs> this guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah but I you love started. You, no, it was 2011. So 12 okay, years ago. I was ago. thinking it was 2011. Yeah. 11 years ago. Amazing. Well, speaking of 11 years ago, you know, we should have started 11 years ago. The games we've been playing. So, George, what have you been playing this week? <laughs> Deep Rock Galactic, baby. I. So, like, Elijah, you're not around this weekend, are you? No. OK. Austin, are you around this weekend? Um, maybe on Sunday, potentially. What time? Mm, I think I want I want to play Deep Rock Galactic with with you guys like i want to like show you i want to show you why i'm like obsessed with this game because i I really do think it's i really do think it is like probably if not like the best game of the year it's probably not the best game of the year i mean elden ring came out kirby came out whenever um but like it's the best like gaming experience i've had of the year like i I think it is like the perfect co-op game and i would love to play this fun party well i didn't think you had a playstation You think you Seth doesn't have a PlayStation? Do you have a PS4 still? I thought you I thought you sold it. I thought you were playing Elden Ring on PC. I am. Okay. I thought you sold your PlayStation to like beef up your PC. No. Okay. Well, I'm an idiot. Yeah, Seth, please come. Please come play this game. Oh, I'm gonna come. Also, <laughs> but also play the play the game, right? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I really want to play it though. <laughs> I really wanted to play it actually when it was still in early access on PC. Like I I I've been wanting to play it for years and I just never have. So, no, I'm in. I'm so okay. in. Yeah. I mean, I'm around. I, I got to stay up super late tonight. So I don't think I get to game tonight. Uh, but besides that, like I'm pretty free later. Um, I just I know you guys have like super early jobs and I don't. Um, I just have a normal early job. But damn, I would love to play with you guys just to like show you like why this is the only game I consistently play. It is so much fun. Let's play it. Let's play it on cool. Sunday. Potentially, All right. I'll be there with yeah, you spiritually. That and actually, quick shout out to Apple Arcade. I don't. I think I'm the only person here with an iPhone. I have an iPhone. I hope so. I hope you are. Okay, uh, I yeah. love it. It's, <laughs> it's great. Um, I can get it on my iPod. Remember when, like, d- d- wait, sorry, d- does Android still do like uh, what is it like gingerbread? Like they still like name all their updates after like Not desserts. No, yeah, no, I think no, it's no. ice cream sandwich, isn't it? This is the last one. No. Well, that might have been the last one they did, but 11, 12, and 13, I think, are all like they've they've moved to numbering. 
Well, that was the coolest thing they did, so that sucks that they stopped. But um, <laughs> Apple Arcade is five bucks a month, and you just get access to so many freaking games. And so, like, I've been playing like a little bit of Fantasia, not enough where I feel like comfortable to talk about it. But uh, like, I've been playing just like a really nice like solitaire game every night that is just great. And like, all microtransactions have been removed removed from like these old classic games. So like, Doodle Jump, uh, Cut the Rope, like all these like big mainstays that were just like had so many ads and and microtransactions baked in. They've just been re released with like whatever the game's name was and a plus sign or whatever. And everything monetized about that game has been removed. Like, it's awesome. Like, you're just playing the games the way you wish you could have played them 10 years ago when they first came out. So that's just a quick shout out there. Also, Fantasian is gorgeous. And I can't wait. It's got to come to Switch soon. It's got to. There is something similar on Android on the Google Store that is like a ripoff Apple Arcade. I'd, I'm, I've never tried it. I'd be curious to know if it's as good. I doubt it since it seems mm-hmm. like Apple Arcade has a lot of exclusive stuff. But yeah, they really threw down for all this money uh, yeah. for for all these games. It's it's actually like kind of impressive. Like, I don't want to say it's like a competitive service, but it's also it's like five bucks a month. You know, like it's getting to the point where I don't really think about it. Um, and I like literally have just been playing solitaire when I can't fall asleep or like reading comics. Like, it, it's just it's such a night. It's exactly how I want to play mobile games on my phone. Like it kind of broke other mobile games for me. Dude, I don't know if it's just me. I don't know what my deal is, but no matter what mobile game I play, like I can just never I I'll play it for a few minutes and I'm just out. Like I can never for some reason get a hold of it on on mobile. The only one that I've really sunk in a lot of time into was Dragalia Lost, which is the like Nintendo um, Which is the only one that's shutting down. Game yeah. That's yeah. Shut down. Yeah, yeah, the service is about to be lost. Yeah. So. I saw some numbers like Fire Emblem is still like apparently like three to five times as successful as Dragalia Lost. So, like I understand like why they're shutting down Dragalia Lost just because it looks like a loss compared to like other games that occupy similar spaces. Yeah. You know, so like yeah. it sucks because like everyone I talk to like loves that game. But is that Dr. Sorry. Mario game still going? No, that one. Was no. Too. Yeah, yeah they closed that. They closed that and Mitomo. Oh yeah, there's another one they closed. Nitomo was a real bummer. That one was super fun. I when know. It came out. Uh, I love Pokemon Nitomo. Shuffle is still going pretty strong. I really like that one. It's just like a match three game or whatever with like different Pokemon heads. Um, I still I played that Animal Crossing more than New Horizons. Pocket Camp. I, yeah, yeah, I did like Camp. Pocket yeah. Camp. Yeah, yeah, that one was pretty fun. But uh, I never touched Dragalia Lost, and now I probably won't. I like the little bit of Fire Emblem I've played, played, but like. Those games seem like really, really well tailored to the mobile experience. And the only real games like I actually ended up buying one of those crossbones. I can't remember what it's called, but like the little thing you actually like oh, the, slide your phone uh, into. Backbone. 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 Thank you. Yeah, they're great. Yeah. And so I've been doing that to play like Fantasia. And it's it's awesome. Some parts still like make more sense with the touchscreen because I definitely built it with that in mind. But I don't know. It's pretty here? nice, man. Were you here when I had my revelation about like Game Pass and the controller? Yeah. The reason? Yeah, because. It changed. It changed everything for me. Literally, that's, well, that's I how just, I play I, games ninety nine percent of the time now. Do you do that? I kind of wonder too. Just like getting like a dock for a phone and just like mounting it on a controller, you know? Yeah, I don't know how um, iPhone works, but for Android, you can definitely just get like dongles that plug into your TV and Bluetooth a controller to it. Yeah, but either way. Yeah, I need to get one of those grip things because like, there's so many games too, especially with like the. Um, the Final Fantasy Pixel remasters and like all that stuff mm-hmm. that they're only putting on mobile, like it, it, it seems like a good good time to pick one of those up. So, at Absolutely some point, insane. so insane. At some point, I need to. But Elijah, what have what have you been playing this week? 
honestly, I've just been playing Elden Ring. I've put like uh, a little over 50 hours into it since last Friday. Wow. So, yeah, I'm 10 trophies away from the Platinum now. What kind of build are you running? Tell me about it. Uh, strength build, running two katanas. That Turn, makes no sense. What are you talking about? Why? Katanas are a dex weapon. Well, I mean, it's strength and dex. They're they're both at like 55 right now. And uh, turned one to a blood katana. Okay. And it really helped when uh, fighting Riker. Taking the um, bloodhound step? The what? The Is it the bloodhound step? The teleport step? The... That's the Bloodhound Gang is the band. <laughs> okay. So you've only fought Riker. Oh, no. Uh, don't forget. Um, Riker is like one of the last boss. I, he's the Volcano Manor boss. Oh, well, you can do Volcano Manor like, pretty much anytime after. Oh, well, um, no, like to give you an idea story wise, uh, I'm the next boss I'm up against is Malekith. Oh, OK. Wow. So you're pretty far. In. Yeah, I'm I'm getting close to the end. I'm in Farrah Missoula right now. Nice. I too love Christopher Eccleston. I think yeah, he's like Lord of the Dark Elves. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Right. The, the Ninth Doctor. Holy, crap. holy smokes! <laughs> Game is so good. Yeah, uh, I I can't wait to get the platinum. And I'm going to do the thing like I did with Bloodborne, where I'm going to kind of like cheese it for the three endings, and then keep my save right there. That way, in case anyone ever wants like help playing Elden Ring, I can just go to anywhere in the game basically and help them out. Because, like, in Bloodborne right now, my save is at literally the final boss, and I can help against anybody in the game, including the final boss. So, I'm just keeping this. Tight, you're going to help me get that platinum this summer. Absolutely. Seth, what have you been playing? All right, I got a few games written down, because I've been bouncing back and forth, um, just kind of seeing what stuck because i haven't really found anything lately that i feel like sinking my time into the first thing i want to talk about was um ghost of tsushima i jumped back to um a couple days ago just because i was like you know what i never actually finished ghost of tsushima so i've been jumping back into that game is just as good as i remember it um i'm not sure why i never finished i think i got distracted by something else when it came out or i think that's when i around the same time i built my pc so yeah i um i'm playing that again i, I didn't get too far Last time I played it, I think I'm still in the first chapter, so don't have, really have much to say about that. Um, I decided to try and play through Bioshock Infinite again. Bioshock Hell Infinite, yeah. one of my favorite games of all time. Um, I think the game holds up surprisingly well today. I wasn't really expecting that because, you know, shooters have come such a long way in 10 years. But it still feels really smooth, and it's really fun to play. And that game just got such a unique art style. And I really hope the the next Bioshock when it comes out, because there's rumors swirling about it being in like a volcano or in Antarctica. Um, I really hope the next Bioshock's good because those games Me are something too. special. Those three Bioshock games that came out are really, really special games. And I think it's really unfortunate what happened in that studio. Even Bioshock Two is so much better than it has any right to be right yes. like yes it is. wasn't made by the original team but like that game is still gorgeous and like still says something completely different than the first bioshock game like it's pretty amazing that they managed to thread that needle like yeah, to me bioshock infinite is my third favorite bioshock but that's not saying much because it's still like a nine out of ten to me like, See, I, I, like just, I just think all the games are so good i liked infinite more than the original one because i thought i thought infinite was just more fun to play but i can 
honestly I, say they're, they're both really good. Um, the, the twist in the original Bioshock game is insane. I did not see it coming at all, but it's one of those things that once it's revealed, it's it's a fight club moment, right? It's like once mm-hmm. it's revealed, you're like, oh my God, that makes you see it so now. much sense. Yes. Yeah. It's so crazy the way they set that up. And I, I think I think the difference between Bioshock and Bioshock 3 is that people will like one more than the other just because, like, like you said, Infinite's gameplay is so much better. I enjoyed the world of the first Bioshock and, you know, by proxy of the second one and just what that did more. Um, but, like, someone likes Infinite more than the first one. I'm, you know, I'm not going to say anything because I get it. I totally get it. I think I'm yeah. with uh, with Seth here. Like, I actually think I like Infinite more than the original. Like, I think the original is great, if not like um, in- incredible, amazing. Like, however you want to like grade those words, but like the ending really soured it for me. Like, I I just can't believe that like the decisions they made to like make that ending work just kind of like baffle me. And uh, like the worst part of Infinite to me was like an actual like gameplay moment, like. I feel I don't want to spoil the original Bioshock. I, I don't think anyone listening hasn't played it yet, but I will spoil one part from Infinite where like th- that fight against Lady Comstock is like one of the most infuriating boss fights I've ever played in my entire life. And the fact oh. that that wasn't the last boss fight, uh, I, I think is like huge. And I don't think the last boss fight in the first game was particularly annoying. I just hated the story decisions that they made during that that boss fight. Like I thought that was like really, really strange. Uh, so I, I'm with Seth where I just really like infinite more and i agree like that art style is gorgeous and holds up so just freaking well uh it's really really impressive stuff it, it does that like american revolution art style so well that it's not even that like that is like in itself gorgeous right where like it is like this super weird mixture of like classic architecture but like mixed with like to me it's like the coloring in that game right like the actual palette used mm-hmm. where like the, like the powder blues and like the auburn shades that they use like it's just like really unique colors that in exist in that game that like could not exist in the original bioshock for story reasons but like man it's just such a pretty game like they just made so many unique decisions and it just blows my mind like that game came out in 2013 right like yes. yeah, yeah i think so like spring of march, 2013 march and 2013. i just remember like yeah i just remember being at a bar for like football season yeah like that december like right before like playoffs started and like that game like seemed like it was going to be huge because like there were commercials playing every time like this was like for context any sports fan elijah will get this but like this is when like right before rg3 like screwed up his knee playing for oh, yeah. the now washington commanders but like so it was like that era but like that game was plastered everywhere it was like that going head to head against tomb raider and i remember it was like right after i had or right before right after i had like my back surgery where i was like just out like i could barely walk after i had my back surgery i had to get like a cyst removed from my lower back and um man like those two games like got me through it like i remember like it was those two and uh mass effect had just come to like playstation 3 for the first time so i was just like trophy hunting in those games and like those games will always be some of my favorite games not just because their content is so incredible but just because they were there for me at like such a weird crappy time but god infinites i i need to replay infinite that game's borderline perfect yeah it it also makes me wonder you know talking about this the bioshock games each one captures a time period Mm -hmm. so makes me wonder 
what they're going to do time period wise for this new one. Uh, last I've heard, it's 1960s. There's like a lot of really interesting information leaking out from the new Bioshock game. You should look into it. It's pretty cool. Also, I wish they would have done for Infinite what they did with the original Bioshock, which is so like the original Bioshock has a book that is set before it, and it's the book of the downfall of Rapture. And I was hoping they would do something to add more to the world in Infinite because I do like the world in Infinite. I think it's great. And I would have just enjoyed more of that world. Um, the next game I've been playing is uh, Metro 2033. I've always heard that these games are incredibly um, like, like or just incredible games. And I got to say, like, it's, it's pretty good. I'm enjoying it a lot. Um, I'm playing it on PC. Uh, I don't think it's, it's not like blowing me away or anything, but I'm enjoying the story quite a bit. And I wasn't expecting it to be so linear. I thought someone said they're open world games, but they're, they're really not. No. Um, the first two are rather linear. The third one is more sandbox areas. So it's linear in a sense as like, all right, you go through this area. Then we're starting with that. You're on the next area. You can't go back, but you like each area is, you know, a wider range. Like the beginning of it's a little linear, but then it just expands. Um, it's harder than I thought it was going to be. It, it's pretty difficult game, especially with the survival elements. Like you, you run out oh, of yeah. ammo pretty quickly. So I'm, I'm enjoying that quite a bit. I don't really have a lot to say. Um, I saw an advertisement for, and I've been looking for something new to play on my phone. So I, I downloaded Final Fantasy War of the Visions, and this is a um, spiritual successor to Final Fantasy Tactics War of the Lions, and it's actually really really good but i have a serious problem with it and the reason i wrote it down just a second ago was because george you were talking about how all apple arcade released all these games and took the microtransactions out of them this game would be absolutely incredible if it wasn't for the gotcha elements in it and like the microtransactions it's such a shame that square decided to do this and like they made it such an awesome game but they're like we're going to ruin it with all these gotcha elements and microtransactions. And, and that, that is truly unfortunate. They've been the worst about this. I think of like any like big, like console publisher, like there is, what was that game? Final fantasy dimensions, right? I, I think like it was an iPad and like iPhone game back in like 2012. And like, you were basically like assembling a team of like characters from like across every Final Fantasy game. And then you were just, it was like a gauntlet mode where you're just like fighting against like big epic Final Fantasy bosses throughout time, like, which sounds awesome, right? Like, doesn't that sound like a cool thing to just like, you know, do on your phone? But like, it got to the point where like you basically, there was no gameplay. Like you just had to like tap to like instigate an attack from like, you know, whichever ATB was filled by whichever characters you had up. But like, you know, you'd have like a team of like 20 people just like on screen going up against like a, a mega boss and like you just tap and that was the entire game. But to get more characters to make it more interesting, you'd have to just like shell out so much money, you know, like they've just been yeah. so egregious about it for the longest. Like it's like kind of embarrassing to me that they haven't like, picked up on it yet because like there's so much potential for these games to be like incredible archival references right like for everything because like i really think so many games can't work on mobile but final fantasies like the original classics those are absolutely games that have every reason to work on mobile right like the fact that it's turn-based the fact that it's like uh random encounters or whatever like these games should a thousand percent 
work on mobile in a way that like you know street fighter or marvel vs. capcom could never work on, on right. these game on these platforms like it just blows my mind that they haven't gotten it yet and it's been 10 years of them trying yeah and it sucks dude because they put a lot of effort into this one like a lot there's pre-rendered cutscenes when you summon different um companions and, and summons and whatnot and the game's gorgeous and i'm just, I'm just playing it and i'm like god this would be such a good game if it was a full game if it was 70 dollars i would buy this 100 percent. but it's not and i mean i'm enjoying it enough to just drop in 30 minutes every day and, and play it and so that's all is that is that what that is Elijah? i just downloaded it oh yeah well you're gonna brave, have another brave xvs I, i've because i was like war of the visions that yeah brave xvs is the game uh it's like the war of the visions storyline right now yeah something like that um and then the last game i i i gotta talk about for a minute here is chrono cross the uh, radical dreamer oh god oh yeah (laughs) i knew this was gonna happen please 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 yeah so listen i have been waiting for square enix to acknowledge the existence of the chrono franchise pretty much my whole adult life even my adolescent life the game came out in 2000 we never got a sequel to Chrono Cross when we should have um, I, more of a sequel to Chrono Trigger because Chrono Cross kind of wraps itself up. Chrono Trigger is the one that really needs a sequel. And they just never did it, right? Earlier this year, the, or I guess it was last year, that in, NVIDIA GeForce leak came out, which, by the way, we should talk about it at some point because we know exactly what's going to happen for the next like six years. And no one really seems to want to talk about why we know that but anyway i saw a chrono cross remaster was on it and i was like no way but as it turns out it was real and i was really excited i couldn't play anything else you know a couple weeks ago when i was on because i was waiting for this and then the game comes out and i start seeing extremely mixed things about it and i'm like it can't be this way it's just the internet being picky again right but my god how they've butchered my boy like this this has to be one of the most confusing things i have ever seen a game company do because it's not like they just crapped out this game they didn't it's like they had two very opposing forces working at this game at the same time because they did go back in and retouch up the character models they went back in and cleaned up the soundtrack, which is one of the most insane soundtracks in any video game ever. Like this is one of the greatest soundtracks of all time. And they went in and cleaned it up and they upgraded the battle system and they made the, um, the menus HD and they added in the radical dreamers, which was like a spinoff game, a spinoff text game that we didn't get in the United States before. So there was a lot of promising things about this, but like I was telling you guys a couple weeks ago, I think it was, I think it was on the podcast anyway, Chrono Cross was notoriously hard to emulate. It was the hardest PS1 game to emulate. I don't know why. I don't know what about Chrono Cross makes this game, you know, so intense on emulators and even the PS1, the frame rate wasn't great, but Square Enix is by God, they're the ones who created the game, right? They should know how to make this game run well in 2022. 
and yet it comes out and the frame rate is absolute garbage. Like the frame rate was bad in the original. It wasn't, I mean, okay, so it wasn't bad, but like it did drop in times, especially when you're using like special moves and whatnot. That was basically because it looks like a PS2 game and it's on the PS1. It's easily the PS1's prettiest game. And I thought like it's not gonna bother me because I'm used to like the frame drops in, in the original version. But it this game drops down to single digit frame rate. Yeah. And in, in like in certain scenes. And it doesn't do that that bad even on I'm yeah, I can't talk tonight. Even on emulators, it doesn't drop that bad. Dude, it's nuts. Like, you know, I keep referencing the digital foundry video because they have shots where it's like, here's the original version and here's mm-hmm. the PS4 one, and it's like multiple times the ps4 the new port will be running at like 10 15 frames lower yeah than the ps1 version which is i just how's that even possible yeah it doesn't make any sense and like here's the thing that's not even the most egregious thing they did so the other thing that you got to understand about like upgrading ps1 games is the animations in a lot of time a lot of times were locked to the frame rate so Chrono Cross's animations are in a really low frame rate, which is why the characters like you can kind of see them like like jitter when they move. What they should have done was gone back in and update the characters animations to make them 60 frames and more smooth. Like the, the frame rate of the game should have been, but they did not do that. So the even if your game is running smooth, the animations still don't look right. Uh, go ahead, George. What do you guys say? Uh, last year we saw the the GTA Definitive Editions release, mm-hmm. and those were probably to date like just the worst condition like remasters on on launch, right? But I personally had faith that Rockstar was going to do something about it because there was just so much negative press about like how crappy those games ran. Do you have any faith whatsoever that these games will like that Chrono Cross and Radical Dreamers will be improved, or do you think like? This was their one shot, and they just blew it. Oh, they 100% blew it, and Square Enix is not going to go back and fix it. That, that, this is kind of like the, the larger discussion I want to have, because... All right, for, first off, let me finish. The, the worst thing they did to Chrono Cross was they used an AI upscaler on the pre-rendered backgrounds. Chrono Cross had these beautiful, hand-drawn backgrounds that the characters would run on, sort of like Final Fantasy VII, if you've ever seen them. And instead of retouching them, making them HD, and putting them back in the game, they used AI to upscale them. Now, you can do this, but it requires a lot of teaching the AI, a lot of training, and a lot of you know going back in manually and touching up certain things. And what we got was something that actually looks awful. It, it's a blurry mess, and you can it, it look the original looks way better. Oh, even yeah. though this one's in high definition, the original looks way better because it looks like you're looking through like a blurry window to the background. It's terrible, man. It, it's absolutely awful. They've completely butchered this game. Now, to answer George's question, no, I don't think Square Enix is going to go back and fix this. They do not have much of a history of giving love to the Chrono franchise whatsoever, and they're just the most inconsistent studio slash publisher i've ever seen man like the frame rate in chrono cross has been fixed 
already, but it was fixed by modders. Like they went in like, and that's, that's, that's absolutely embarrassing, dude. Like you can't run a multi-million dollar company, crap out a product like this as a quick cash grab and have the community be able to fix your 22 year old problem in a matter of two weeks. So what the person did was he opened a cheat engine of all things. I don't know if you guys are familiar with cheat engine. It's a program on PC that allows you to alter the values of a game and they're hexadecimal. And he just started messing with the code. And by trial and error, he was able to fix the frame rate in Chrono Cross and it works perfect. So now one of the problems with the Radical Dreamers edition is fixed. And I'm able to play it at 60 frames a second and it runs silky smooth. Perfect. So, I don't know, man. The, the larger discussion I wanted to have was because I saw Kingdom Hearts 4 was announced um, last week. And Kingdom Hearts is a series that I used to absolutely love. And Square has just killed that love for me. Like, I can't do it anymore, man. I, I can't handle the Kingdom Hearts nonsense. Um, and it's a, it's a company that has one of the biggest gaming and historic gaming franchises of all time. Yet, since Final Fantasy X, there has been nothing but massive development issues. A lot of people don't know that Final Fantasy X was almost completed and they completely scrapped the project and restarted it. There was going to be an older, different main protagonist. Final Fantasy XIII was supposed to be a PS2 game, and that was scrapped and restarted. Final Fantasy XII had two different games merged into each other. Final Fantasy XIV was obviously a notorious train wreck that had to be completely restarted until it was good. Final Fantasy XV didn't even exist. That was versus thirteen, And now we're supposed to get Final Fantasy XVI, which we were supposed to have information on last year, but they were radio silent on. And Final Fantasy Remake Part 2 has been completely radio silent. And it's just like, what is going on in this company? Like, they crap out a gem once in a while and we're like oh this is the big turnaround for square enix but in the middle of the of of the gems they take 15 steps back it's i don't understand how this company can be run like this and what they're doing you know they just put out and we talked about the like like um strangers of paradise and we had that interesting theory last week that i, that I was talking about about them emulating western um um i don't know what would you say media not media uh culture culture yeah, culture That's where I was Thank you. like culture and like values i guess like in, yes. in design right yeah yeah and then they put out this article this week and they're like well we can't make good games by emulating western stuff and it's like dude that's all you've done for the last 15 years that that's what you've done for the last 15 years. And now you're saying we can't, you can't make good games doing that. It's, it's, it doesn't make any sense. They put out guardians of the galaxy with no advertisements whatsoever. And they're like, well, it didn't sell as well as we thought. The first Laura Croft Tomb Raider game in the reboot sold like 4 million copies. And they were like, it didn't meet sales expectations. And just, uh, there's just so much happening at Square Enix where I'm like, this company clearly needs completely restructured. Like there is something really wrong with Square Enix's management. Let's not forget they were going to have a different company create Final Fantasy 7 Remake, a company that had no business even touching that game, CyberConnect 2. A company that makes 
the Naruto games, which are fine games, but they're not the games that we need for Final Fantasy VII Remake. <laughs> Let's be honest here. CyberConnect 2 is not the studio. So uh, that that's my opening statement. That's all I gotta say about Square Enix. I don't I have nothing else to say really. Disgusting. Yeah, it's just sad to see the way that they've gone. Honestly, I mean, like you said, I mean, every now and then there's a gem. I mean, I still think Final Fantasy 14, honestly, of the past. God, at this point, probably the past 20 years is probably the best game they've put out. Um, Like A Realm Reborn, not the original. Obviously. I agree. I agree. Yeah, the, the train wreck that they corrected. But I mean, aside from that, like, you're totally right. It's always, you know one relatively decent step forward and about 16 million steps back. Um, this whole Kingdom Hearts thing is insane to me. I mean, I knew they were going to continue it, just knowing story-wise what happens at the end of 3. I mean, it, it's clearly set up where that game is just not over. Right. Mm-hmm. So I knew it was going to happen, but still, it's like, man, we're getting Kingdom Hearts 4. Like you said, Seth, they're supposedly working on remake part two seven remake part two yep. we've got 16 the final fantasy 9 remake was in that nvidia geforce leak oh and make no mistake that is going to be 100 a crapped out port as well that, that's all that's oh, i'm be. sure it will be um but it's like how can they keep up with all this stuff and the frankly the answer is they can't right and they i mean they've proven time and time again that they I don't know if it's that they have too much on their plate or what the deal is, but they have really, really struggled the past 10 years. And it's sad to see. It's sad to see because they used to be, I mean, banger after banger. And now we're at a point where it's almost the exact opposite. Yeah. Uh, Square Enix announces a game and your initial reaction is, well, that's going to be terrible. You know, and it's like, man, yeah. that's not the company that, that you want to be. There's no reason for it to be this way, too cut your production down you don't need to work on kingdom hearts 4 final fantasy remake part 2 final fantasy 16 and all the smaller games you're working on as well you don't need to do that all at the same time it's not worked like you were trying to make final fantasy versus 13 and the 13 games at the same time did not work it only worked when they decided to cut down and focus on one game at a time now they're like you know what screw it Here's all the games we're working on forever. It's like, come on, man. Like, you can't keep doing this. Final Fan- or Kingdom Hearts 3 was a turd. And it's the fact that it's their, like, main studio that the, that's the problem. Their smaller teams are all doing great. But for some reason, their main teams, which is, like, their bread and butter, that's where the problems are. Like, look at the team that's making the HD 2D games. They're doing great. Yet, these the teams making these super big well-known series they're falling behind i'm not like as familiar with with uh square enix <clears throat> like I, I definitely like a latecomer to final fantasy games so i feel like i've got like a bit of like an outside perspective i feel like the one thing that a lot of people haven't really talked about is just like the transition to hd and like how that messed up so many companies right because it's like they kind of ruled. 8 16 32 bit eras right like on nintendo they were doing stuff that like no one else thought could be done on the system right on the original nes and then on snes they were doing some of the most beloved games of all time right between chrono trigger final fantasy 6 whatever it was called here in the states you know okay um 
And then, you know, you got seven, eight and nine, which are beloved for like their own reasons, right? Like I got a friend who swears that Final Fantasy nine is like the best Final Fantasy game. And then you guys, I'm sure, would swear that Final Fantasy seven was the best Final Fantasy game, right? And there's I'm sure someone out there. I personally like what I've played of eight so far. Um, Not saying it's the best one ever, but it's like, you know, like a really enjoyable experience. And I just look at a company like Nintendo when they were like going from Wii to Wii U. And like, I really think the Wii U sucked because they didn't understand what an ask it was to go from standard def to high def. And so if Square Enix is a company that is so respected for the graphics they were able to produce, right? Like the visual fidelity that they were able to create on 16 bit, 32 bit, 8 bit, whatever systems, they want to carry that forward, right? Like once you get into like PlayStation 2, they were making some of the prettiest games there, right? And it would just be embarrassing if the company that made some of the prettiest games of all time on every console ever didn't keep that going forward in HD, like on 720. And now as we get into 60 frames per second and, and, and whatnot, like I guess I feel like that probably messed them up a little bit more than they're willing to admit. Does, does that feel like anything to you guys? Like, I'm amazed that like Final Fantasy Origin came out, right? Like Stranger Paradise, whatever it was. I'm amazed that game came out. Like, it seems great, but that also seems like the kind of game you like license Bandai to make. Right? Well, like, keep in mind, yeah. it is it is licensed. Um, that okay. was made by uh, uh, Koei Tecmo, Koei the Tecmo. team that made. Okay, the, great. Yeah, great. they made the Neo games. Okay, they need to do more more stuff like that, right? To like keep the brand alive while they sort of figure out what they've got going on. Like, I really like what I like. I really liked Final Fantasy 15. I paid no attention to like the development of that game. Right. But I really enjoyed it. But I also don't have like the best barometer for like a classic Final Fantasy game. Right. Like I've played five and most of three and some of eight. Like that's kind of my my business. But it's just I don't know. Like, I feel like they're getting in way over their heads. We're like, we need to make the prettiest game of all time. It's like, uh, okay, but like that requires how many people that requires how many hours that requires how many resources. And you've also announced eight other games. So you're actually 100% right in a certain way. Um, The transition from PS2 to PS3 was notoriously hard for Square. That is where, like like I said, Final Fantasy 13 was supposed to be a PS2 game. Development was taking too long. So when the PS3 rolled around, they knew they had to switch development to PS3 in order to you know get on to the next big thing. So when they switched, what they realized was they really didn't have it in them. Like, they didn't have it. So they had to kind of restart their whole project and restructure their whole company and development teams in order to make Final Fantasy 13, which is why you get things like the narrow hallways of Final Fantasy 13, because the reason it is, is, first off, Final Fantasy 13 still holds up today. That game is absolutely gorgeous. But it's gorgeous because it does a lot of things like fakes the graphics in that game. A lot of those graphics are just hollow textures on hallways, but it tricks your brain into thinking that they're three three dimensional. And some of them are, but most of them aren't. Um, and so it was a lot of like interesting tricks they had to do for Final Fantasy 13, but it's such a shame, man. It's such a shame to see my childhood favorite company of all time screw things up like that, like they've done in the last 10 years. It's terrible. And it's crazy too, to, to look at other companies and see how much they've come around. Cause like, I don't know. I look at like Capcom, for example, and I feel like they, they have been extraordinarily strong 
recently, like mm-hmm. compared to 10 years ago. Ever since 2017, Capcom has been just nailing it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I wish, I think Sega has kind of been the in-between one. I, I, I hope we see, um, you know, some of that at some point from them. I know Yakuza has really been the big, big thing for them recently uh success wise but um yeah so it's just it's it's interesting to see how things have changed over the past 10 years so well, it's just funny too because like weren't we talking <clears throat> 10 years ago like that was around the time resident evil 6 came out right like and like operation raccoon city and like all the, all these like kind of like duds that just came out like it wasn't that long ago that we were talking about like should Microsoft buy Capcom? Should Sony buy, like, should someone, like, put them out of their misery and just kind of, like, give them, like, a little bit more focus? You know, and so, like, uh, I I don't know if, like, we're quite there yet with Square Enix, but we were talking a couple weeks ago, like, maybe a month ago, um, whenever Microsoft bought Activision. When was that? That was that had December, January? I don't even know. Um, but we were talking about that and like, we want Sony to buy studios, not because we think they need to buy studios, but because like that way, Microsoft can't buy them and like, you know, silo off more content. Do you guys think that one or two more duds like makes Square Enix, like puts them sort of like on the table? And if so, like is PlayStation the right company to do it? Like Seth, I, I completely agree just because. Sorry, I completely agree with your your premise that like they just need like a complete overhaul because it seems like their project managers screw up. It seems like who's the guy like Hironobi? I don't, I I don't know. Uh, Tetsuya Nomura. Okay, uh, that and then like the the guy who's like the Godfather of of Final Fantasy. Uh, or is that the same? Is that Izachi Sakurai? Uh, uh, Hironobu Sakaguchi. Yeah. Okay. Like yes. Uh, like these key figures, right, that are like clearly instrumental in the development and just like shepherding of series from like ideation through execution to like the fact that they're eventually published. And it just seems like that dude seems burnt out, you know, because <laughs> like when was the last time that guy like slept eight hours a night for like more than a week? I, I kind of doubt it was very recent. Um, And so like it really just seems like maybe they don't even need Sony to buy them. Maybe they just need to buy like an actual prod like project management company just to like yeah. get more organized though. Uh I I was going to say it it's not even it's it's not that they're duds because so like yeah the Chrono Cross thing really sucks. But regardless of how development went went Final Fantasy 10, 12, 13, 15 were all major hits. So it, it it's not like they're exactly hurting. They're just not doing a good job at it. Well yeah, I mean I don't know if I would say there were major hits like 13 and 15 definitely were controversial to say the least, like controversial. Yes. But 15 still sold like millions upon millions. Yeah. I mean, it did, but like every time a game sells like that, but it's controversial, you hurt the brand. The The name final fantasy doesn't mean the same thing it did 10 years ago nope. because they've released, they, they, they've crapped out a ton of games and then, they're releasing a new Final Fantasy game like three times a year now. It doesn't mean as much, you know, the, between the phone games and the remakes and the remasters and and more. I would say over half of these things no one cares about or don't like. And I, I, I can't hard. say that, though, because like I know so many people I, I could right off the bat tell you pretty much every single Final Fantasy game. I could tell you someone that's their favorite game, like their favorite game ever. And I know so. So you know thinking of 15 i know a ton of people who love 
15. Like I know a lot of people who love it. So while it may not have the same like name recognition as it had, you know, back in the PS1, PS2 era, it's not like it's exactly hurting. Like, you know what I mean? It's they're not, you know, losing a ton of money on all this. They're not they're not worried basically. Well, I don't know, man. Nothing's invincible, right? And you no. can't release subpar products consistently or have development problems and delay things consistently without people being like, yeah, I'm over this. You know, I'm over Kingdom Hearts. They've ruined Kingdom Hearts for me. I saw the Kingdom Hearts 4 trailer and I, I felt audibly like, I like audibly groaned. I'm like, oh my God, they're going to keep doing this. Here, we're going to get more Kingdom Hearts trailers for five years until they actually crap this game out i'm just like i'm done with that man and i used to love kingdom hearts i was the biggest kingdom hearts fan you know why because kingdom hearts one two birth by sleep they were all amazing and they released crap like 358 over two days they released crap like um the what was the one on 3ds dream drop distance dream drop distance and it's just like i hated that game and it's just like man they they weren't terrible and they sold good but they were just like there was too much, and it wasn't good, you know. It wasn't amazing. So it was, it, and that that same thing can one hundred percent happen to Final Fantasy. If Final Fantasy sixteen isn't great, they're gonna start having issues. And if Final Fantasy remake, God forbid, Final Fantasy remake part two isn't amazing, they're gonna start having issues. You know, that's what I'm saying. Nothing, no one's invincible. And just, for some reason, they need to restructure their development teams. 100%. That, that needs to happen. I just think they're not in as bad a position as thought. Like, you know. Financially. And, and, and like, Final Fantasy fifteen was not a bad game. It wasn't subpar. That was an amazing game. It was fine. The second half of that game is terrible. I mean, who, I liked the second half of it. So, that was what I thought rather was be? best. Who would you rather be, Square Enix or Bethesda? Square Enix. In a heartbeat. Um, Bethesda. Yeah, that's easy. Yeah, Bethesda. Bethesda hasn't like released a game since Fallout 4, right? They released Fallout 76, which was an absolute train wreck, but... Yeah, but that release... was like a new studio. That wasn't like, Beth... that wasn't like the no. main Bethesda, was it? No, but no, they're going to release... Was... Oh, no, yeah. They're going to uh, release... Are you talking about just the... Starfield, and that's going to be massive they're gonna release their school six and that's gonna be even more massive yeah it's gonna be massive we don't know if it's gonna be good like i mean i guess i at least like you know square enix is like i don't want to say like flooding the market with with titles but like at least they're like making something i don't know like it it feels like bethesda is kind of like a close equivalent because like there's been a bunch of square enix titles that are great like the ones they publish right like i think Mm -hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy is like absolutely incredible. I personally love the Tomb Raider games, right? Like, you know, like all these things are like great that have like the Square Enix name on it. So like that's kind of like saving the brand too. And like Bethesda, like I really like Ghostwire Tokyo, man. Like I think that is like a good ass game despite not being, you know, developed by Bethesda, just published by it or whatever. But like, I don't know. I think Square Enix seems like it's in better shape than Bethesda. Like I am way more confident about about Squeenix than, uh, than I am Bethesda at this point. Same. Uh, I did just look, and Fallout 76 was developed by Bethesda Game Studios. Yeah, that's what I said. Um, all right, so like, I mean, like, but like that sucks, right? Like that was like yeah. the main team, and like that's what they crapped out. Like, mm-hmm. I would take any of the recent Final Fantasy games over Fallout 76. Right. 
but Bethesda doesn't release ten games a year either. Well, neither does neither does uh, Square. Like you're saying, just like a name with Final Fantasy in the title, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so not actually like the main studios game. Yeah, right. They don't release. But you're not, they you're just not getting ten, 10 games Fallout year. games a year. You're not getting ten Skyrim games a year or Elder Scrolls games a year. What I'm saying is, the next game Bethesda releases, it's going to be Starfield. People are extremely, extremely excited for that game, and it's going to hold. It's going to sell incredible, regardless of what the reviews are. The next Final Fantasy game's probably also going to do that, but I don't think Final Fantasy it, it holds the same traction anymore as it did. I see, think Final Fantasy is going to start slipping if they keep releasing mid-tier titles. See, the difference is you're putting a title that like people know, like they have an expectation. Starfield is an entirely new thing, so it's like people aren't going in with this expectation other than there's going to be cheese wheels walking around at some point. Like, and and that's that's the big difference. Um, imagine, think about it: the last Elder Scrolls game, so critically adored. We haven't gotten anything Elder Scrolls other than a 10 second teaser in 11 years. But that's, that's not true. We got thing. blades, which melted people's phones and their switches. Yeah. But that's a good thing. Having more of something does not necessarily mean that it's the, the, that is good. No, no, you're right. It doesn't. But at the same time, if there is something people like there's a difference between having more of something and actually doing something with it other than releasing the same exact game five right. times gun gun to your head though gun to your head like as is any of the final fantasy games released in the past let's say 10 years right are any of those games below a c plus i'm going to ask elijah first elijah are any of those games below a c plus past 10 years of the ones I've played or no, like no people talk about. No. Okay. I'm so, not counting the mobile. I'm not counting the mobile games just because there's like too many to keep up with. Seth, are any of the games in the last 10 years below a C plus? Yes. Lightning returns was critically panned. Lightning returns wasn't in the past 10 years. The, okay. Uh, okay. So that, that's, that's semantics. That's semantics. That's semantics. But like, okay. So that, that's, one that like immediately came to mind right like i think that is better like i I think a longer track history of average games is better than like where sky like bethesda is right now where like they haven't released an elder scrolls game in 10 years 11 years now you know like it's just it's one of those things where like i think i'd rather be personally like relevant and average and then like being able to blow people out of the water because like there's just so much pressure on on bethesda right now Mm mm-hmm Right. Like if that game is a C, then like that sucks that we waited 10 years for a C. Like, I, I guess like that's the point I'm getting at. Whereas like yeah. with Square Enix putting out so much stuff with the Final Fantasy branding on it, like the fact that like those games are like average ish, at least if not like cult classics, you know, like not classics, but like cult favorites. Right. Like, I think that's better. I, I mean, guess. don't get me wrong. I think Starfield and Elder Scrolls 6 are going to be terrible. I think they're going to be bad games. Like, I think Elder Scrolls is going to be garbage, I'm, yeah. which sucks because Skyrim is like one of the best. When, when they came out and said you can't climb ladders in Starfield, I immediately knew they were still using the creation engine and it wasn't that mm. much upgraded. So, and I, I just know that it's, it's going to be a complete mess, just like the other games were. Yeah. And Sorry I, for bringing up Bethesda. I'm just trying to think of like an equivalent that I am like more familiar with, just like trying to like shape the discussion mm-hmm. like that. Um, 
I don't it's, it's super fascinating just from the outside though because like I always thought Square Enix was like doing well and like obviously I'm not a passionate fan the way you guys are um I, that's just I will, mind-blowing to think about I will say it would be nice if they did do something like Capcom did where you know we mentioned earlier like 2017 Capcom turned everything around and started making uh so like Street Fighter 5 at first was like a what but then that turned around and became like a super good competent fighting game uh resident evil like turned around became so much better than it had been in so long monster hunter the monster hunter games since then have been incredible monster Hunter's great monster they, they they've made nothing Even, but uh, quality games since the then. new devil may cry Everybody yeah the new devil may cry is incredible good I, yeah. I think devil may cry one through four is okay I think Devil May Cry 5 is one of the best action games I've ever played. You take What about DMC? May... I haven't played DMC. What game? Okay. What is uh, it? DMC Devil May Cry. Never heard of it. You take Devil May Cry 1 through 4 and you can improve that overall game score by 20% when you take out 2. <laughs> 2 is a terrible game. 2 is awful. I, I would say I actually haven't played 2 yet, but I I had heard that one was not good. Yeah, 2 is terrible. The other ones are fun. Other time. I like the anime for 3. Yeah, number three is good. I like the biddies in four. What? <laughs> <laughs> All right, ten out of ten game. Ten out of ten game. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I, I guess we'll uh, wrap it up there. Uh, appreciate everybody tuning in. It's been a fun episode, and uh, of course, you can always find us on social media. We are at Frame Skip Pod on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. And then um, we're each individually on Twitter. Seth is at Seth the 90s Kid. Elijah is at Loco Lizard Man. You can also find his Twitch at Loco Lizard Man. So go find him there. And then George is at PurpleBird616. And of course, that's also the home of Shortbox Summary, which is uh, George's comic book podcast, which you can also find probably wherever you're listening to us. So go look yeah. at Shortbox Summary. Yeah, subscribe. Give a give a rating. Give a rating to both of these shows. We need to start mentioning that at the top. We really <laughs> need to start mentioning that at the top. Yeah, um, yeah. Rate shows, leave comments, help us out. The bigger each of these shows gets, the the cooler guests we can get. The cooler <laughs> things we can do. The more time we're afforded, just because we don't have to worry about marketing our own podcast. You can really help out Shortbox Summer. You can really help out Frameskip. We are getting close to one hundred. And hot damn, would I personally love to do something huge and exciting for 100? That's true. So help, should do help us out. <laughs> and of course, you can find me on Twitter at Austin J. Eller. So we will see you guys next week. And again, thank you for listening. Bye.